Hey guys, it's Kim here. We know that right now during this COVID-19 pandemic that things are a little crazy and changing constantly. As you scramble to adapt to those changes and how it looks to serve from your own home, we want you to know that we're praying for you. We're practicing social distancing and I'm recording this from home, but the episode we are about to get into was recorded a few months back. And as you listen to it today, we hope that this episode and all our episodes are an encouragement to you through this season. There is some great content that I think you'll find encouraging in this episode today. So let's head into that now. Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. My name is Kim Hutchins, and at 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. We want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and get equipped with us. 412 Canada is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. You're going to love today's episode with Jeff Austin. Jeff is the Adult Ministries Pastor, and we're going to hear about his role at Creekside Church, which is a large multi-site church in the Waterloo region. Jeff had some great insights, including how to continually allow God to build into you. And as a church, you are only as healthy as the quality of your volunteers. All that and more on today's episode. Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Do you serve or lead volunteers in a local church? Are there days when you feel less than equipped to make the kind of impact that you want to make in your role or in your organization? Through this podcast, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. Thanks for joining us. Well, welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. I'm super excited that Jeff Austin is chatting with us today, and he is the adult ministries pastor at Creekside Church, and uh, that's in the Waterloo region, if anybody's wondering. So Jeff, welcome. Thanks so much. Hey, I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, this is great. Now, so this is your first time being on a podcast. It is. It is. So this is all new to me, but you know what? I'm looking forward to learning and being a part of this, and I'm just excited to be in a conversation today. Yeah, I think it's going to be great, and I think that our listeners will really uh, benefit from everything that you have to say, specifically kind of small groups and adult ministries area. Um, That's one we haven't had a chance yet to chat about on the podcast, so I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit, like, what does your job entail? How did you get started? Um, What is adult ministries? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I started at what was... Community Fellowship Church back in 2000, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church has since become Creekside Church. And when I started, uh, we were a church of about 600 people. Wow. I was hired to be the small groups pastor, and I was the third person hired on staff. So this was a big move for them back in that day to bring somebody on. And I think it really spoke to their value that they had back in that day of wanting to connect people together in community mm-hmm. and putting some staffing dollars behind that. So that was a... Uh, something they went after. Uh, I, I had advertised in the Willow Creek Exchange that I was looking for a small group pastor role and mm-hmm. Community Fellowship advertised in that same month that they were looking for a small group pastor. So I came and met with the team and I just thought, man, if I can get connected in with this church, that would be awesome. So um, started back in 2000, at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and my role has continued to grow and change over the years as the church has changed. Now yeah. we're a church of about 2,000, wow, uh, 2,500 or so, depending on the Sunday, 
Mm-hmm. And so it has grown and morphed and I've gotten to kind of grow and change in my role. In fact, two weeks after I started in my role, I remember Ken Taylor, our lead pastor, coming in and saying to me, he said, you know, I know you probably don't know where the bathrooms even are yet, but <laughs> I was wondering if we could talk about expanding your role from uh, small groups and including adult ministries. Okay. And I, without even thinking about it, just said, sure, I can do that. <laughs> Not knowing what all that entailed, but uh, as I said, it's gotten to grow and change. And part of that, I think, is the reason why it's really stayed fresh for me over the years, because I've seen a lot of uh, opportunity to kind of grow in my role as the church has grown. So it's been an exciting ride. Mm -hmm. And have you, like, you run classes or um, what type of things do you offer? Yeah, so adult ministries is kind of everything. What I usually tell people is everything for adults outside of Sunday morning is kind of under my umbrella. And so life groups would be probably like 70 to 80% of my role is uh, revolves around life groups. But then we also have some classes that we run. We have adult events that we do. Uh, We also have the care ministry that I'm directly involved with and then celebrate recovery. Uh, We run here weekly. There's a team that runs that and Mm -hmm. they check in with me. I'm kind of their coach. So those are some of the, uh, some of the kind of the big categories that are under the umbrella of adult ministries here. Right. And so then do you must have a team of volunteers, um, Aside from the one for the Celebrate, uh, do you do yeah. stuff with the volunteers and do you do training? Like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, I do. You know what? We um, just actually had a couple of team meetings, volunteer mm-hmm. meetings here, one on Saturday morning and then another one last night. We have we actually have two sites. We have our, our Waterloo site and then we have a, a Kitchener site. Okay. And uh, on Saturday morning, this past Saturday morning, I had a life group leader gathering here in Waterloo. And then last evening I had a life group leader gathering in Kitchener. And so it's just awesome to connect together with these leaders, these volunteers who, you know, for a lot of them each week, they are opening their home, inviting people to come Mm -hmm. in. They're preparing for their study. They're, you know, doing the house cleaning before people show up and (laughs) all of that. And so these are people that are, are committed, you know, as volunteers to serve and love others. And, it's just, I count it a privilege to be able to connect with them. And so we have um, training that we do with them, mm-hmm. the lay group leaders. Okay. And uh, then we have some uh, also care group leaders within my ministry area that I directly connect with as well. And we do some training and, and uh, connection with them throughout the year as well. So yeah, just love connecting with the volunteers. And uh, we're big on volunteers here at Creekside. You know, it, it's um, really, the reality is that as a church, we only are as healthy as the uh, the quality of our volunteers, and so we're thankful for the uh, for the many people who step up and and lead and serve in various ways in the roles here at Creekside. That's awesome. Um, that's a great quote, actually. Healthiest quality is the volunteers. Can you say that one again? <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm convinced that we are only as healthy as a church as the quality of our volunteers, mm. and so we want to do everything that we can to build into them, mm-hmm. to encourage them. Uh, to to support them so that they can be successful in their role. That's really what I see my role as is to is to come alongside or to come under that those teams of volunteers and to be a support and encouragement to them. Wow. Um, can you tell us? We just talked a little bit about life groups and your volunteers are running those. But what for those that are listening, maybe they don't know what is a life group. I know at Faith we have small groups, um, but if you can kind of define that for us. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I mean, a life group is just the name that we've chosen for our small groups here Mm -hmm. at Creekside. Um, They are ongoing groups that meet throughout the year. A lot of them meet 
every week. Mm -hmm. A lot of them will follow our Sunday morning teaching uh, curriculum study that we put together. They're typically groups of around 10 or so people. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them meet by life stage. So some of them, for example, might be a group of people who are in their 20s or uh, people who are retired. Others are mixed groups, and so it's kind of open to everybody. But they have this common goal of growing in their walk with God, and uh, they gather together in community in order to help each other and support each other in, in doing that. So, yeah, so that's our life groups. Our life groups are essentially smaller groups of people that mm -hmm. connect together regularly to grow their walk with God and to grow their friendships with each other. Okay, and then what is the care group? Yeah, and so then we have our care ministry, mm -hmm. and uh, within our care ministry, we have care groups, and specifically, we have uh, divorce care mm -hmm. and divorce care for kids, and those two groups meet on Monday evenings here at Creekside, and it is a place for people who are separated or divorced to come and to find healing and recovering or in recovery uh, in a group setting, and so we, we run that twice a year. We actually just launched a brand new season of that this past Monday. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's actually an outreach into our community. We advertise and people come in from our community and uh, we just find that it's a powerful place for people to come and find healing and hope and mm -hmm. recovery. Yeah, that'd be great. And, and a great outreach for the community, right? To offer that safe place. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, for those that are listening and thinking about volunteering uh, to lead a small group or a life group or in that capacity, um, could you tell us like, how do you get started? I know sometimes here at faith, we, it can be tricky because we'll have people that are excited. They want to get into a small group or a life group at those Creekside and then we need leaders, right? And where are they and how do you get them? And what's that yeah. process to yeah. get them trained? Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you a little bit just about how I got started because I, I mm -hmm. often think back to my own story, my own journey. Um, I'm originally from London, okay. but ended up going to school in the, in the States. I went to graduate school at uh, Wheaton College. Mm -hmm. And uh, in those years, the Lord really used that experience of being at Wheaton to, um, to grow a vision in me for the local church oh, and cool. for the potential of the local church to be, um, to be the hope of the world. And I was involved, my wife and I, Merlene, were involved at a church, a Christian Missionary Alliance church called Blanchard Road Alliance mm -hmm. in Wheaton there. And this was back in the uh, in the mid '90s, so I'm dating myself there a little bit. We <laughs> were we were there '93, '94, I think yeah. it was. And I had no idea at that time about this big church that was 30 minutes up the road from Blanchard Road Alliance called Willow Creek. Oh my goodness! And at <laughs> at, at one point, um, I I went to a I was invited to go to a small group training. Someone had had to back out of uh, going from that local church there at Blanchard Road, and so I went with this team. To Willow Creek Church mm -hmm. and got in on some small group training. And man, that just being there and seeing what was going on there, I thought, okay, <laughs> That'd be amazing. that is why Blanchard Road has the, the quality of ministries and things going on that I've never seen before. They're getting yeah. influenced by, by Willow Creek. And so um, at, at Blanchard Road Alliance Church, I really had my first taste of small group ministry um, myself. Now, I should say that, that growing up as a kid, um, at home in London, my mom and dad were involved with ministry group. And so I did have okay. that context growing up of seeing, you know, people gathering together and, and how mom and dad uh, enjoyed that and were mm -hmm. challenged in their own faith by that, by that ministry group. And so I, I did have that in my background, but Blanchard Road was the first time where I really got myself uh, and, and Merlene to be involved in a group. And so it was interesting for us because we, um, 
we signed up uh, at at the church uh, to get into a small group. We went to a, a lunch where we got to uh, meet some of the leaders. We signed up, and we never heard anything back. We put oh. our names on a sign up page. Never yeah. heard anything back. <laughs> and so um, we ended up contacting um, one of the staff people and just said, you know, here's what's happened. She connected with us. She worked to try to connect us to a uh, to a group that kind of didn't happen. And we were kind of, you know, a little bit frustrated mm-hmm. and we ended up, um, I was actually in a grocery store line waiting at the cashier, right, waiting at the, to, to pay for my groceries and bumped into another guy that I recognized from the church. And he said, hey, we have a light group this meeting and you're welcome to come and join us. Oh. And so that's what happened. We went and we joined their group. And so, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned that to say that that experience helps me to be able to empathize with people who are, who are um, taking the... Mm-hmm. Um, risk maybe in their own life or the challenge to step forward and say, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to take a next step here, whether it be for volunteering or signing up for a group. And I want to do everything that I can to help people to have a, um, a validating, you know, seamless experience yeah. of, of getting connected in because I realize, you know, that it, that that's a big deal for people to, to get up the courage mm-hmm. to sign up and to be involved in some way, you know, beyond attending on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So we got connected I'll just continue on the, yeah. a little bit with this story here at this first group. We got connected into this group, and I still remember showing up to that group for the first night. And this was like 20 years ago now. <laughs> but I, I remember showing up the first night and walking in the front door, and it was it was just, it was chaos. Oh, no. Uh, there, were, there were two big dogs that, that were there that were loud. Um, they had they had twin boys, and they were, at that time, toddlers, and the kids, they were in their high chairs, and it was loud and kind of chaotic, and I thought, oh, man. oh my goodness. <laughs> what did <laughs> you get we, into? What are we getting into? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the other thing that happened was uh, when we actually sat down, we started having group with this wonderful group of people. Um, Renita and I felt intimidated because most of them were older than us mm. by 20 or so years. And they were like, there was one person that was on staff at the church, another person, the guy that I bumped into at the grocery store, he was, he's, he was a career missionary. Oh my goodness. And I just thought, wow, like we are way out of our league here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just to continue on with the story a little more here, um, Ben Unseth and his wife, Beth, Ben was the leader of the group and Ben began to invite me to get together for breakfast or oh. coffee and we get together and he would just say things like, Hey, how did you think things went last week in, in group, you know, and we would chat a little bit about it. And I, and I remember that one day when we were together, Ben said to me, Hey, I'm wondering if you would be willing to lead the prayer time next time that we meet in group. Oh, wow. And the feeling that I had when he said that, I thought, Oh my goodness, that is intimidating. Yeah. Think about, you know, having a part of leading in this group. But I did it. I, I, you know, with his encouragement, I went to the group and I led this prayer time part of the small group at one of our meetings. And um, what ended up happening is that group at the end of the year, the missionary couple went back to the field. Staff person ended up transitioning. So that group no longer existed. Merlene and I ended up stepping into leading our own group. Mm. And and it just kind of took off from there for me. I just caught the bug for the value of community and and small groups, and it just it just went from there. So it's just interesting to look back and kind of see how I got started. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think now being a staff person chair, it helps me to remember 
you know, um, the, again, the challenge and uh, the opportunity that people have when they sign up. And I just want to help people to have a, uh, a great experience when they decide to step up. So, so we do have uh, things that we're doing here at the church regularly uh, to help people to to step into volunteering in a variety of ways. Uh, And I can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Tell us about it. Okay. Yeah. And and, and so volunteers. So, um, I mean, we have hundreds of volunteers Mm -hmm. that are involved here at Creekside. I think probably around 500 um, that volunteer in, in various ways. And uh, we have our different ministry areas, so kids and youth and adults. We all have our ways that we go about um, encouraging people to get involved. But an overall value that we have at a church, as our church um, is a value that we, that we call in a group and on a team. Mm. So this is kind of an overarching thing that we encourage everyone at Creekside to be in a group and on a team. And so this value of on a team means we encourage them to get involved in, in serving in some way, mm-hmm. in, in getting connected and volunteering. And so what that looks like in adult ministries is, for example, with our life groups, we encourage people to, to get involved in serving as a life group leader. Mm-hmm. And so as we, um, as we get ready for a life group season, which for us is in the fall, starting in October, right. and then again in January, and then sometimes one more time after Easter, mm-hmm. as we get ready for those times, we are looking for and we're encouraging people to think about stepping up and starting a group and, and leading a group. So that's one thing that we, that we do, and um, we have an onboarding process. So for people who are interested in getting uh, involved or just even checking out what's involved in leading a group, we have... Um, some resources mm-hmm. on, a, on a website okay. that uh, we have for people who, for example, hey, I'm thinking about being a life group leader. What does that look like? So we have a life group leader job description oh, nice. uh, that they can look at. And then we also have a, um, uh, a profile okay. that we ask people to fill out. And it's basically like an application as a volunteer that they would fill out as well mm-hmm. uh, if they were interested in that. So we have a, we have a process for um, onboarding. Uh, for life group leaders. And uh, we just want to, again, walk with people and, and kind of discern with them where they're at in their own journey and their walk with God and whether leading a group is a good fit for them. Yeah. So that's, that's certainly one big area where I'm always looking to connect with people who are potential leaders yeah. for, for the future. And to clearly have it laid out, like what's kind of expected of them and what that looks like helps people decide, you know, does this work for me? Does this not work for me? Right. I think that, uh, yeah, that's right. yeah, that's such a good resource to have available. Um, and then also I just wondered, you know, what do you do you know, as someone who's been serving for a while for your volunteers and how do you encourage them? Um, do you just like, is it just meetings? Do you guys do something fun? <laughs> what, uh, yeah. how yeah. does that look? Because, because ministry ministry can be hard Mm -hmm. and particularly, you know, leading a group, it can feel like, wow, like I'm on my own, you know, it can feel Mm -hmm. maybe sometimes isolating or tiring. And for all of us, it can be a natural thing, right. Mm -hmm. To just maybe lose some steam along the way. So, yeah, so we do want to do what we can to encourage people and those live gatherings where we actually get together are one big way that we do it. So as I mentioned this past Saturday morning, we had a life group leader gathering here at Creekside, started them off with a 
big breakfast. So, you know, they come in, we have like, you know, bacon and eggs and nice. fresh fruit and cake and that kind of thing. So we want to honor them by giving them just a, you know, real positive experience when they show. And then I always uh, try to start those times with um, vision and appreciation. So, okay. you know, here's a big picture of why we do what we do, why you're doing what you're doing as a life group leader that ties right into our mission as a church. And then I also want to take the time just verbally to say, and we so appreciate you and your role. And I just want to remind you of how strategic you are as a volunteer here at Creekside to helping Creekside accomplish our mission, mm-hmm. you know, and just to really speak those words of encouragement and affirmation, I think it's just a great opportunity to be able to do that when we're together. And then yeah. throughout the year, we, we do other things to encourage them. One of the things uh, that we do is we have a team of coaches. And so okay. we, as much as we can, try to connect our life group leaders. And I know you guys do at Faith as well. Um, to try to connect our life group leaders with coaches. And the coaches are really there to come alongside the leader, to pray with that leader, to listen to the leader, listen to their story, to listen to what's going on in group. Mm-hmm to provide resources as it might be appropriate to help that leader, but really just to kind of come alongside and just say to them, Hey, you're not alone. If you need someone to pray with, if you need someone to unload with, if you have a question, I'm here, you know? And so we, uh, we really try to be intentional about making sure that each leader feels that they are connected with someone who can be there for support for them. So that's an ongoing Mm -hmm. kind of encouragement that we have in place for them throughout the year. Yeah, and that's really important, right? That ongoing encouragement. That must mean so much. Um, And just thinking about all of your volunteers and people that are coming to your church and what are, like, how do you get some people into groups? I know if you're volunteering, those that are stepping up and they're leading groups and then for them themselves to maybe attend a group, right? Like maybe they're serving in Kidsman or somewhere else and then how do you encourage them that, hey, life groups, these life groups or small groups, whatever it may be at their church is important. Like this, this is a great step for you to grow in your relationship with God. And, and how does that look to encourage people, um, to take that time to do that weekly or, or whatever their rhythm might be? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, for that, I would go right back to our overarching value at the church at Creekside of Mm -hmm. of being in a group and on a team. I think we've really, found as a church that as we continue to grow and um, the opportunities to kind of add programs and keep adding things come along, we want to make sure that we stay simple in terms of our overall um, value and expectation that we have Mm -hmm. um, for people who are a part of Creekside. And so these two areas, you know, being in a group and on a team are the two things that we continue to encourage people to engage with. And it does look different uh, depending on the season that a person is in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, um, you know, their volunteer commitment is is enough that some would say, you know, this is what I can this is what I can give at this point. Like this this is the time that I have available, um, and with this role of volunteering, um, this is going to be it for me. You know, I'm going to be on a team. I'm going to find some community with my my other team members, um, and that's what I'm going to do. And then other people would say, well, I'm, I'm serving on a team at Creekside and I'm also connected in a group at Creekside and I'm doing, I'm doing both. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, again, depending on the season of life that people are at, we obviously want to give people 
um, grace and flexibility, but we want to keep those two values in front of them of, of mm-hmm. really saying, you know, we believe that God's best for you is to uh, regularly, as a, as a life rhythm, as a life habit, to be connected into community that's encouraging you to take next steps in your walk with Jesus and to be giving your life away and serving others because that's what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And so as followers of Jesus, we believe that these two things are absolutely essential in order for us to grow. So, you know, as Andy Stanley has said so well, it's, it's not really so much about what we want from you. It's about what we want for you. And it's, and it's for people to experience what it means to be growing in their walk with God through being connected in a community in a group Mm -hmm. and through serving on a team. And so we just try to walk with people to help them to figure that out in different seasons of their life. And, uh, you know, there is ebb and flow in that, but uh, for that just to kind of be an overall value. Yeah. So I need to be connected. I need to stay connected in community Mm -hmm. and make sure that I have those relationships. That's, that's a, that's a high value for us. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, and also, as you talked about ebb and flow, do you find that over the past, you know, years since you started, that there has been a shift in culture and there maybe there are times that are better or harder to get volunteers and people to step up into life groups and, uh, and the importance of that? Do you find that there's been a big change at all? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting. I was, I was thinking about that, that question yesterday mm-hmm. and um i think i i think that there have been some changes but the way that we are fundamentally wired up as people mm-hmm. by god hasn't changed right um i i believe that god has wired us up for community and that we thrive we're created to flourish when we are connected into community with each other and i mean wow we have seen um, research on this, articles on mm-hmm. this uh, over the past number of years, we, this whole idea of, you know, we are created to, we're hardwired for relationships with others. And when we're isolated, we're not healthy. Right. And that's something that we're you know, discovering and verifying more and more through science and, and psychology and just verifying that, yeah, you know, that's, that's just the way that we're hardwired. We're created by God for a community and we're also created to serve. And I, I, mm-hmm. I really believe that, God has made us to be um, uh, to to have a sense of purpose in life, to have His joy in life, mm-hmm. and to really feel like um, we are, are 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 living according to the way that He's wired us up as we serve. Mm-hmm. And I believe that those two things, being connected in community and serving, are just hardwired into us. So that doesn't change. Right. Um, what has what has changed? I think um, part of the reality is is just technology yeah. and all of us are having to wrestle through, you know, what does it mean to live in a world of, you know, where we have these, these phones attached to our, you know, <laughs> to us attached all the time. to us like, like, <laughs> like another hand. Yeah. And uh, I'm reading a book these days called cultural apologetics. And in that he talks about how our, our phones have become the new paraclete for us. And, okay. uh, you know, they are our alongside companion that guides us. And, uh, there's good in that, but there's also caution in that. And mm-hmm. so I appreciate, for example, Clay Scroggins has written a book, How to Lead in a World of Distraction. He was interviewed by Kerry Newhoff, I think about a year ago, mm-hmm. and uh, just talked about just this reality of the digital distraction and, and, and a life filled with distractions. How do we, how do we navigate that? Um, and I, I, I think that's a healthy conversation to have because overall, you know, I think the sense of, of, um, distraction has grown over the last 10 years 
I, I think another thing that, you know, a lot of people are wrestling with that we've noticed more in the last 10 years is, is mental health mm-hmm. and um, anxiety, um, depression, stress, those kinds of things yeah. are being talked about a lot and seem to be surfacing a lot for people in our culture. And again, I would go back and say, I really believe that God has hardwired us to find health uh, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually um, as we're connected together in community and as we serve. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I believe that while you know we have challenges, there's always going to be challenges in, in our world and our culture that can pull us away from these things. Yeah. As a church, mm-hmm. we need to continue to hold the hold this banner high and just say, hey, we believe that this is God's best for you. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to share stories mm-hmm. about it. We're going to model it and and just encourage, you know, you as a as a part of the body of Christ to fully engage in these things as regular habits in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's so encouraging, right, as the church leading forward and, and continually communicating that clearly, right? Um, I was just thinking too, I know yeah. you mentioned uh, those two books. Is there any other resources or favorite resources that you have, whether it's digital or a podcast or books that, uh, that you'd recommend for those that are listening? For sure. Yeah. I, well, this uh, book that I just ordered here, I think it was Christianity Today that um, talked about the top books or the top reads from this, from 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the books is called Cultural Apologetics by a man named Paul M. Gould. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the subtitle of this is Renewing the Christian Voice, Conscience, and Imagination in a Disenchanted World. And uh, this book has just been hitting me where I live. Like, oh, really? Uh, he speaks into the reality of our uh, culture. Um, what I think he, he kind of diagnoses very well um, some of the things that we are experiencing these days in our culture. Okay. But then he also, I think, does a great job of identifying how we as followers of Jesus can make the gospel both plausible and desirable mm-hmm. in a culture that... Uh, increasingly seems to be saying, well, the gospel is not plausible. The gospel is not desirable. Uh, there are things that we can do. So I think he really brings hope and a strategy uh, for how to how to live in a way that is attractive and makes the gospel attractive to our cultural around us. So uh, really great book, mm-hmm. uh, Cultural Apologetics. Um, Another another book that is uh, kind of a, uh, I guess, more like of a work guide for me these days in, in the area of small groups mm-hmm. is by Steve Layden. It's a book called Planning Small Groups with Purpose. Okay. And uh, this this book is really a, a manual, if you will. Okay. Uh, particularly for people who would be like in a point leader role in the church uh, in a small group ministry context. Okay. So, uh, so, or, you know, someone who is, who is leading a small group ministry as a point person, this book provides a boots on the ground, you know, strategy and plan for how to have a healthy and thriving small group ministry. So that's one I highly recommend because mm-hmm. it's one I'm using. In fact, I had a call this afternoon with uh, two other people who are point leaders in small group ministry, and we're talking about this book. So okay. it's one that, <laughs> it's one that I highly recommend. Yeah. And and then another kind of a, a classic one for me that uh, I've used for years. Mm-hmm. This is another small group manual. is called Leading Life Changing Small Groups. Okay. And uh, this one, way back in the day when I first went to Willow Creek, uh, was a book that I think was just in its first printing. And I've referred to this thing over the years, time and time again. I've used it for leader training. 
So that's Bill Donahue. Uh, okay. Bill Donahue, Leading Life Changing Small Groups. Fantastic resource. Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll have all of those. We'll have links for those on our podcast. And for anything that you've mentioned, people can check out the show notes uh, for some of those. Sure. So yeah. that'd be great. I'll put those up. Um, yeah. yeah. And if there is one thing that you could communicate to our listeners that are like our volunteers and uh, something that would encourage the volunteers who are serving in life groups or small group ministry or adult ministries, what would it be? What would you say to them? Yeah, I would just say that um, what you do as a volunteer in your role is so important and so vital, um, not only to um, fulfilling a practical role at at your church, but I believe what you're doing is actually an act of worship to God. Mm -hmm. Um, In Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know, uh, we, we read that we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God and that we are not to be conformed by the pattern of this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm -hmm. And this is our act of worship as we, as we give ourselves to the Lord. So what you're doing in serving, whether it is changing diapers in the nursery on a Sunday Mm -hmm. morning or helping (laughs) to park cars or serving coffee or handing out bulletins, every role, any, any act that you do of serving um, not only has that practical need being met, but it's actually an act of worship. And it's a way that you're honoring the Lord mm-hmm. and you are a vital part of the body of Christ in what you're doing. And so I encourage you continue on with that good work. Um, may God bless you as you do that, because that is, uh, that is a vital role that you're filling in the kingdom. So, so way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. All of our volunteers and I hope that they're encouraged by those words. Um, and also if you could communicate one thing to somebody who is leading those volunteers, um, somebody that's in more of a leadership role, how would you encourage them to keep going? Yeah, I, you know, I think, and, and, and again, from what I've done in my, in my role over the years, I just encourage you to continue allowing God to build into you. Uh, I, I really believe that we are, we're better as we, um, as we go to conferences about leadership mm-hmm. or as we um, connect with other people who are in a similar role to us, um, we're, we're better for doing those things. So never, never be, um, never feel guilty about taking that time to mm-hmm. go to a conference or taking the time to read that book or to listen to a podcast that will help to refuel your um, sense of why you do what you do that will you know, blow fresh wind into your sails mm-hmm. in terms of your own vision and um, and standing before God and what you do. Just remember that God that God loves you. This is the the at the very base of uh, reality for you as a point leader. God loves you and He fully accepts you um, just as you are. He He knows all about you. He knows none of us are perfect, mm-hmm. and yet He loves us and He accepts us not for what we do, but because of who we are. And so that's really the base point. And then from there, you know, we can do things like go to those conferences and read those books to build into ourselves and grow ourselves. So stay, stay um, encouraged and stay connected with other people who do something similar to you and uh, allow God to continue to work through your life and what mm-hmm. you do. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there any um, conferences that you'd recommend uh, for that you mentioned that people could go to to stay encouraged and stay connected? Yeah, actually, so one that I 
really like uh, is the Regroup Conference. And the Regroup Conference is North Point's small group conference that they offer every other year. Okay. Uh, the next one is coming up in May. I checked this morning, and I don't see an exact date yet, but it, uh, it's coming up in May in Atlanta, Georgia. So the okay. Regroup Conference is all about small group ministry, and it provides uh, just some great vision for group life, but then also some really practical helps. They have breakouts that you can sign up for oh, in nice. specific areas like coaching or training leaders or developing studies or different things like that. You can you can choose some different breakouts. So yeah, the regroup conference is a fantastic one. And then another just a great overall uh, conference on leadership is the Leadership Summit. And the Leadership Summit happens, I think it is in August. And uh, I would just encourage you go online and find out about the Leadership Summit. I know that we uh, have hosted it here at, at Creekside, and I think we're going to be hosting it again in August. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, check out Leadership Summit. It's another great conference. Okay, Leadership Summit. Yeah, and we'll put that on the website as well so people can connect with that one. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jeff, it's been so great chatting with you. You have a wealth of knowledge, and uh, and I think it was very encouraging, and I hope that all of those that were listening will really be encouraged and take to heart what you said, and, and if they're not in a small group or a life group, that they would take this opportunity to realize the importance uh, in needing one for their walk with Jesus, right? Uh, and that they would take those steps and reach out to their church and get involved um, if somebody wanted to email you or contact you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, for sure. Um, people are welcome to email me at jeff.austen, mm-hmm. and that's with an E, A-U-S-T-E-N, yeah. at creeksidechurch.ca. That's my uh, email address. Or you can also connect with me through the church website. If you go onto our life groups area there, you'll see information or on our staff on our staff page on the website as well are just some great places to uh, be able to connect with me through those avenues. Okay. That's great. Okay. Well, I, Jeff, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the 412 Canada podcast. Um, I know I enjoyed speaking with you last year when we were getting ready for the 412 conference and it was just great that we can reconnect now and, and chat and kind of catch up for sure yeah i love what you guys are doing and i think this uh, idea of having the podcast is fantastic as uh as people listen in hopefully uh they will be encouraged and blessed by listening and being a part of it so yeah thanks for what you do yeah thanks jeff well that was a great chat with jeff austin and we hope that you were equipped and encouraged in your serving role we want you to stay connected with all that is happening with the 412 canada podcast and conference sign up for our email at 412.ca and for the podcast subscribe and consider leaving a review as well as like and share us with your friends we look forward to next time on the 412 canada podcast Thanks for listening to the 412 Canada podcast. We hope this episode has equipped you for greater influence through serving. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and consider leaving a review on the app you use. The 412 Canada podcast is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. Explore everything 412 Canada at 412.ca. Thanks again for spending time with us. See you next time.